0: You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. So let's get into the Word this morning. Anybody excited? Yes, 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 yes. I'm excited too. Um, For the benefit of those who weren't in church last week or you didn't join online either, we started a new teaching series called Set Mm Aparts. And last Sunday, we, we spoke about the gift and practice of righteousness. How righteousness means right standing with God and how that it is a gift. It is not what we do by works. We don't get it because we worked for it or we earned it or we deserved it. It is part of the gifts that we receive when we get saved. So we established that background on Sunday and also what's the practice of a lifestyle of righteousness, what it looks like. Okay, so the band, is there another meeting ongoing? Okay. Sorry, it just seemed really distracting. It looked like everybody was filing out. It's not everybody. Forgive me. I just could not help but notice that. All right. um, So, righteousness is the believer's identity. When we come, uh, Scripture speaks about us being Clothed with garments of salvation and the robe of righteousness. So righteousness is what we are clothed with, it's a gift. We established that foundation on Sunday. So we're continuing today with what we've tagged, the best detox. Can we say that together? So I'm going to get us to speak quite a bit because I know it is cold and it is rainy and it is somewhat dark. We don't want you to snooze off. If you're at home, please don't be under your duvet. Because that is pathway to sleep, and don't make a cup of cocoa right now. What you need is the word. So sit up at a desk and be in front of your device. All right. So the best detox. The best detox. Um, can I have scripture up? Second Timothy chapter two, from verses nineteen to twenty-two, the New Living Translation. Second Timothy. Multimedia, because I want us to read together. That is our Anchor scripture for the next two Sundays. Um, I'll preach part eight to this Sunday and then we'll finish up next Sunday. All right, let's go. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription: the Lord knows those who are his. And all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. Next verse. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Father, we thank you. We thank you because your spirit is here. And we thank you because your word will come forth in simplicity and with accuracy, establishing us in truth and in righteousness. We thank you for we receive instruction, we receive direction, we receive encouragement, and our lives are transformed. Thank you, Father, for the anointing, for the doing of your word is released over each and every person, under the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Okay. So, as I mentioned, this is our anchor scripture for the next two Sundays. And I want to encourage you. Please go home this week and meditate on it. Read it up in different translations. I'll be running through a couple scriptures as well that you want to note down. So, the best detox. How many feet farmers? Gosh, that came out wrong. It came out very wrong, but you get the point: How many feed farm people do we have in the house? Daniel, is your hand up, really? Feet farm, yeah now, show of hands. Where are they? Okay. So we should preach this message together, actually. Um, how many people do like periodic cleanses? Okay, you may not necessarily be doing feed farm. Error. So I know some people make a habit of cleansing um, periodically. So I used to have, um, and I use the word used to, because um, I haven't been in touch with her for a significantly long period now. But I used to have a mentor um, who's South African, and um, I remember she used to say to me that she will take, um, that she always takes, I think she cleanses every month. You know, so she takes three days every month to just detox three to five days every month i mean she's fit as at that time she was over 50 and we looked like sisters you know we looked like we looked like sisters you get my point very fit she runs she swims she's very particular about her health and she, you know she said something to me she calls me boss lady Busola, so she she struggles to pronounce busola. She just says boss lady. So she's like, you know what? I, In addition to doing all of that, I have to start my day with God, is what she says, you know. So she has a routine, a morning routine, that hardly does she change the script, except in maybe like an emergency, or she has to be out of town, and she did not plan properly, you know. So she must have her run, she must swim. So she would always check into a hotel where there was a swimming pool available. It's a standard procedure for her. you know. And then one, this period within the month, she does her cleanses. And I mean, of course, spiritually, she also fasts during the week. I think she fasts maybe once or twice every week and things like that. So she has this routine. Um, and then she would say to me as well, look, in the morning, you can't reach me until x time nobody can reach her because she has to be right with god she has to and when i use the word right now this is not um walk for it or be perfect with god i have to start my day with god so that i am well equipped and well enabled to be able to handle everything life throws at me i'm of no use to anyone when i am an emotional mess or when i'm a psychological mess or where my life is in disarray. So she had this very rigid practice of, of, of things that she does. I also have a male, male mentor. That one is not used to his, his, you know, right here and now, who also has this practice of starting out his day with God, wakes up super early, you know, sometimes before 4 a.m., to pray, spend significant number of hours praying um, the word, studying the scriptures, you know, um, running, jogging, play squash, and you look at these people and they're like, now wow, this life is not easy at all. Because here you are, you have done one hour at the gym, you have gone to Instagram to post it, what my workout is for in church. <laughs> what my workout regime looks like. No pain, No gain. Nifemi, don't talk too much, because you put many on that table. You will do one day or two days in a month. We will not hear a word. You will show us your statistics. Next week, we are finding you on the streets of Instagram. We cannot see you. So detoxing is the process of removing toxins from your body. And we all, I mean, everybody here, you know what toxins are. Harmful substances harmful substances, the way we are deliberate for the guys who cleanse here, the feed farm, the feed farmers, just bear with me, that's what I would call you people today, the feed farmers, you know, you are, the way you're very deliberate about exercising, about working out, about what goes into your mouth, uh, what you feed your, 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 your body with, what you nourish yourself with, we are very intentional about these things. It's the same way we're expected to be intentional about our soul. And I love how um, Lade broke down the scripture. Let's celebrate Lade and let's also celebrate the band. Because they already laid a solid foundation for today's message. I love how he explained very simply, you know, the concept of the soul. Because I find that a lot of us don't get it. This whole tripartite nature of man, spirit, soul, and body, and you're like your soul, is my soul my brain? Is my soul my mind? Is my, you know, what is my soul exactly? And how does it fit into all of this? And if, if I'm spirit, why is it that my soul needs to, I, I need to do extra work on my soul? Can't what has happened with my spirit just translate into my soul and just hap, happen to my body? Some of us have questions like that. We have questions like, if God indeed loves me, then he should save me. He already saved you. He already made provision for it. Hence why it is a gift. Last week I spoke about some of us have received a gift, but we have not unpacked it. We've not unboxed it. We're keeping the gift there. I don't know what it's, we're waiting for. But that's exactly how it is. We've received the gift of righteousness, but we don't understand it. That is why we're taking our time to break it down and addressing the various components of our lives that affect Um, our walk with God. So today's focus is on the soul and how we need to get rid of certain toxins um, in us that are affecting that practice of righteousness and practice of right living and right doing by God. Okay? So detoxification is the process of removing toxins, harmful substances, or qualities. Daniel. It is a process of denial, giving your body what it needs and not what it wants and I'm sure we all understand that. So many times, our flesh dictates the pace. Our flesh dictates how we should live. Our flesh dictates how we interact with the world, and sometimes we foolishly allow our flesh dictate how we interact with God. Meanwhile, we mix up the order. It is we are spirit, we possess a soul, we occupy a body, It is with our flesh, our body, that we interact with the world, that we transact with the world. But we want to engage God from our fleshly nature. So we say things like, I feel like God does not love me. I feel like God is angry with me. And we we relate, we, we depend a lot on our fleshly emotions. The five senses, we utilize our soul and our flesh to determine how we engage with God. So, it is the process of reading our body, detoxification, process of reading our body and our system of toxic and unhealthy habits, relationships, and mindsets. Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine. The New Living Translation, don't be drunk with wine. Because that will ruin, ruin your life. I chose this particular translation, yes, because it's very direct. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, there are several things that we can replace there. Because let me help somebody who's already feeling like, don't be drunk with wine. Are we saying now, are we about to go into all this, don't drink, don't take alcohol and all that? No, that's not the conversation. If you take that being drunk with wine and you replace it with something else, and there's so many things as we go along in today's message that we would be replacing that don't be there. So it's an instruction, a direct instruction. Don't be filling the gap, filling the gap for yourself. What is that thing that you need to not be? What is that thing that you need to stop doing that is ruining your life that is ruining my life, and instead we are encouraged to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That says to us that there are things that we're currently filling up our lives with that are causing us harm, very simply put. There are things that appear lawful, but are not expedient. They are permissible, but they are not doing us any good. And I pray that as we go along, the Holy Spirit would open your eyes to see that toxic behavior, that toxic emotion, that toxicity, that culture has, you know, permeated your life such that you are functioning more from your soulish and your fleshly realm than your spirit nature. So, If we check the book of Revelations, if you go to Revelations 3, we're not reading all of it. I'm just going to pick some excerpts there. Revelation 3 focuses on three different churches. The first church, I don't know, depending on the version of the Bible or the type of Bible you're using here. I'm using the NKJV here, and it refers to it as the dead church. It says, this is the church in Sardis. I know your works, from verse, um, still the latter part of verse one, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. I know your works, you have a name, you are alive, but you are dead. How can you be alive, but yet dead? So the death here is spiritual death. And again, I chose these scriptures because It is speaking to the church. It is not speaking to the heathen. It's not speaking to the unbelievers. It is speaking to people who know God. People who are expected to have an active and vibrant relationship with God. A.K.A. you and I. It says, I know your works. You have a... This is the church in Laodicea. It says in verse 15, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot I could wish you were cold or hot then move to verse 17 it says because you say I am rich I have become wealthy and I have need of nothing does that sound familiar guys I you remember I said we're going to speak to ourselves today so I need you to respond does that sound familiar it says I wish you were either cold or hot but you are neither you are lukewarm and you say of yourself that you are rich, it says you've become wealthy and you don't need anything. If that is not you, that's probably somebody you know who's at that place where they feel like, oh, your cousin Femi, who feels like, I don't, I, I have this solid education from Harvard plus MIT plus Yale. Only you. I have this well paying job. In addition to that, I consult for the World Bank. I consult for you and I do all of these amazing things. And I am under 30. And my bank accounts, what is, how many digits should we give the person? And, and, and it is foreign currency. And you are under 30. And you are like, I, I, you see, I'm all right. Very all right. Hear what the Lord is saying. He says, you do not know that you are wretched, Miserable, poor, blind, and naked. That all of the things that you think you have and you own and you are, you are not these things. Do you know why? And when I say you, no, I'm not talking about you. Maybe I should say us. We are not these things. And the reason is very, in, in, in primary school, was it primary school we did the unity of measurement? Uh-huh. What is the standard that you're using to assess the quality of your life, that you're using to assess whether indeed and truly you are who you think that you are? Scripture says in James 1, I think it's verse 23 there, that we should not be forgetful hearers of the word, but doers. We should not be that person who looks at himself through the lenses of a mirror and forgets what manner of man he looks like. Sometimes we forget the manner of man because we don't like what we see. Sometimes we look at ourselves through the lenses of the word and we put it aside. Why? Because it feels too difficult. And guys, I want, to, I want us to be real here. We know that the Christian walk is not, is not easy, right? It is not easy because you live in a, world, in a very sinful world. We live in a world where sin is prevalent. Sin is the order of the day. And so how do we successfully live in the 21st century without consistently, on a daily basis, examining our lives through the lenses of the word. So, Proverbs 25, 26, the Passion Translation says, when a lover of God, again, please bear with me, I said I was going to go through a number of scriptures, so I would advise just note them down so you can brood on them later. When a lover of God gives in and compromises, this is the Passion Translation, gives in and compromises with wickedness, it can be compared to contaminating a stream with sewage or polluting a fountain. The easy um, English Standard Version says, like a muddled spring or a polluted fountain is a righteous man who gives way before the wicked. And there is a lot of giving in and compromising that is going on in our world. Where you're no longer sure who's a Christian anymore. Why? Because we all check the box. We fill forms and we put Christian. And Christianity for some is just a religion. We can't continue to live that way. And that is what today's message is focused on. We need to detox or detoxify from those things that consistently put us in that place where we are at loggerheads with God where it appears as though we are struggling to live this life of righteousness that we have been gifted. And there are several things, but I'll touch on three. One is emotional toxins. These toxins are not physical, but they are within. Examples are pride, arrogance, unbridled anger, jealousy, envies, strife. So many things which the scriptures refer to as the works of the flesh. And these things are prevalent. But those emotional toxins, eh, they are the ones that if you check, just as uh, Demilade mentioned when, when he spoke about your the, the lights and, and, and the shelves and the door, the emotions that we display oftentimes come from either things that have happened to us and we let them control us. So I'll give an example. A lady makes, her, makes up her mind and says, I'm not getting married or... I'm not going to date anyone. All men are scum. And you've taken a position, a position that has been informed or influenced by the things that you have gone through. Or you as a guy, you, dis- you, you, you make a certain type of decision that borders around your experience growing up. We're very quick to, to castigate a lot of our leaders. But really and truly, you don't know what types of experience. I'm, I'm not excusing their bad behavior some of these guys in the Senate and all. How did you come out? Because if you are refined, you will not carry a chair and break it on a, a fellow human being's head. But the real person comes out in the face of problem. So what are the emotions? What are those toxic emotions that are within you that have been caused either by a heartbreak, that have been caused either by rejection, you know, you desiring the affirmation of men and it's not forthcoming. And so you have taken a position based on philosophies, you know, based on um, personal experiences and of course informed by your sin nature. Angry all the time. And God is really, really a loving father. And I say this because Personally, in my life, I have seen that when I need to address a particular character flaw, God sets me up. And I say that very carefully. When I say set up, it's not that he sets, you get how we use the word set up. But he sets me up in an environment that will bring to fore what needs to be addressed. So sometimes it can be my, I recruit a nanny that is going to test the patience that I thought I had. I grew up, I'm, I'm better, I'm getting better, but I had very short, I was really short fused when it came to, and I was quite impatient, I'm being vulnerable here, quite impatient with slow people. I don't have a problem with them, but it gets at me, it just gets at me. So I have learned patience over the years with the kinds of people that God brings my way, Oh. The people that I don't have, it, as in, I, they are in close proximity. So, with a lot of, <sighs> before we address the issue. Otherwise, I'm yelling, I'm angry. I wanted my husband had to have a conversation with me, say, you need to stop. You, you, you reason, like, you, you, you behave as though you all are on the same reasoning f- f- level. And so, your expectation of them, you, you need to understand their background, And so you have to break things down to them in bite sizes. Some of us need to learn patience. But we are very quick to take ourselves out of that process where God places us to be able to develop a particular character flaw that we have because it is needful for where we are going that we are, you know, we we are a better version of ourselves. So for someone, how you... You are consistently angry. You need the Holy Spirit to help you overcome that anger. You are very short-fused. For someone else, it is pride. You are so prideful. And again, guys, we're speaking to ourselves, so this isn't this isn't me judging. It is that the Holy Spirit, by His grace, you are, by, by the grace of God, you are seeing yourself through the lenses of the Word. And seeing if pride is an issue you need to deal with. False humility for some. You think you're humble? No, not really. You know that deep down, the real you it's not humble in any shape or form. And God is like, let's, let's deal with these things. Because it has an effect long term. There's a way that you start to self-glorify when you should be attributing praise to me. But if you are unable to even just deal with your fellow man in a way and manner that shows that you carry God's presence, that you have the character of Christ, you have his nature, then there's a problem. So God wants to fix these things in us. The second is cultural toxins caused by social media, the kind of entertainment we consume. Demilani referenced a door earlier, which was called the wheel. What are we permitting into our lives? Are our lives like cities without gates? Have we opened up and we're permitting every and anything to come in? You and I need to reflect and ask ourselves as we go, across, um, you know, go through the week, what door have I left open that has granted access to certain cultural toxins? What have I become comfortable with? Last week we jokingly referenced, you know, our Netflix consumption and the kind of content we consume. Violent content, explicitly sexual content for a lot of us, or maybe not a lot, But for some of us, before, when you first got saved, when you see a man and a woman kissing in a movie, your mind used to do somehow. Now you have tested it, and in your mind you are growing, you are maturing. That you can you can go through an entire movie where forty minutes of it is one man and one woman sleeping together, doing different things, and you're just and you're just there glued. So, I used to be very uncomfortable when we go to the movies, my, and, and I say this here, and if you want to laugh, it's okay. Laugh at me. It's all right. But I can't, I, I, I struggle to watch certain types of content. And not because I'm perfect, you guys. Far from it. If you've if you had my good experience, you would, you would know that I'm not perfect. But it just always left me really weird and funny. When I got married, okay, if it's my husband and I watching, mm, it's all right. My husband didn't used to understand. So I used to, I, I would fast forward. But it's only really you and I. I'd gotten used to the nature of just fast forwarding certain scenes. Why do I want to see you go through the act? I'm married, yes, I will get, I will do the act, but I don't want to watch you doing it. It's ridiculous. And then, It's means, and you know know the part that grieves me is that it's extended into cartoons. Children are beginning to see these things. The kind of conversations we are having with our kids these days, I did not have them growing up. And I say that not because I could not have had them. Yeah, well, there was that, let's be real. Because I don't know how I'd have asked my mom or my dad at age four why I could not kiss a boy I would have gone to heaven and resurrected. <laughs> but these are the conversations we're having these days with younger kids. So you and I can no longer get comfortable. Hey, you know, and let me bring it Let's come out of there. In this part of the world, in Nigeria, in Nigeria is where it is okay that you will see a dead man on the, on, on the streets. And... We all don't feel anyhow, especially in certain areas. Maybe if you say a dead man in Lekki, it will still do you so But if you grew up in land, you see it, it's you. there's a way you just, and you move on. And there is no part in heaven where Nigerian Christians will get a different type of judgment and say, ah, Nigeria was very hard. You know, Nigeria. There was a lot of craziness going on there. So, the Christians from Nigeria come this way. Your judgments were lowering the standard for you. It's not going to happen. It won't. So, what is culture throwing at us that we have become comfortable with? I pray for you today that there will be a holy and righteous anger that will well up within you, causing that seared conscience to be reactivated coming back to life because your conscience is your moral compass that the things that you have become comfortable with some of us our friends have influenced us and I don't know how many of us saw A.G. short film but it had a lot of lessons in it first of all was that the girl the, the young lady there had just got it was it that she got a job where's A.G. she got a job or she just finished school or she got admission yes she got admitted into into school with scholarship and all that And she was very excited. And her friend said, eh, we have to go and celebrate. And it's okay to celebrate. It's okay to hang out with friends. That's not what this is about. Just in case someone is thinking here that I'm I'm advocating for you to live in a sanctification bubble and not just be holy and righteous and wear this kind of my long flowing gown and be, you know, that's not what I'm advocating for. But in that movie... She then, she goes in, her friend says, okay, go and get dressed. She goes in and gets dressed, and her friend's like, "Uh, excuse me, do you know where we are going to? She came out in a very simple, nice dress. But she was like, no, 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 and then got her to go and come out with a, you know, some cleavage revealing something. By the time they finished, it was a very short movie, I mean, she died. And the story was obviously about um, police brutality and all. But there were other lessons, lessons in righteousness embedded in that movie. So, my point is, we've become comfortable. There's so many things that have sold to us. Where you know your moral compass is saying otherwise, but you just want to go with the flow. Because you don't want to look weird. You don't want to appear weird. And that's just in one aspect of life. What about business for those of us that are doing business? What are the things that we have been called? Uh, uh, is it our culture rise to now? The things we become, you know, comfortable with. This is how things are done. This is how, you know, this is this is how we move. This is how we trade in the world systems. And again, nobody is saying that you cannot bring your light to bear in the world systems. Nobody is saying that you cannot, you know, engage with the Ishmaels. That's not what this is about, because we need them. Hello. We are all not born again. For our light to shine, we need we, for light to shine. There has got to be darkness now, right? Uh-huh. So, for you to make an impact, you need some people whose heads are not very correct. Again, I think that came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> my point is, we talk about wealth transfer, the wealth of the wicked. And it was one of my mentors I was explaining this to me, to me recently. Wealth of wicked will be transferred to the righteous. It means you need the wicked. It means you need to be in business with them for that to be, I mean, how will he come to you? Will come and meet you in church? How will the wealth transfer happen? He won't come and meet you in church now. Neither will he come to your bedroom. It means that there's got to be relationship of sorts. But the problem with Christians, the problem with light, is that we have deemed our light and we have become unequally yoked. And the effect of, the, uh, you know, of darkness is overshadowing our light. Because we hide ourselves in a bit to blend in. Someone needs to stop blending in. You need to start standing out. See, we spoke on, on Sunday about Jesus being all grace, all truth. And I know some of us are on different extremes of this spectrum. Some of us are all grace, no truth. Some of us are all truth, no grace. Some of us are products of all truth and no grace. And that's why we have refused to go to our parents' churches. I know. Behavioral toxins. Indulgence in porn. Illicit sex. Drugs. Gambling. And all the works. What, what vice are you dealing with? And let me help someone here. I did this last Sunday and it was very interesting. You are very self-righteous. You believe that this is not me. And all these things is not me. And you have entered into pride unconsciously. What, are th- what behavior needs to be corrected in this quest for a higher level of living? What behavior needs to be corrected? And we'll d- focus on this next week Sunday. Remember I said this is a two-part message. Next week Sunday we'll talk a whole lot more about this. So I want to do a quick demonstration. I'm going to ask Daniel to please come and help me. I want to do a quick demonstration here. I need that bowl. And... Okay, I need help. So, please come. over, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, come. I just want to show us something. And it's a very simple demonstration. But I want to show us what's... Um, if that's what someone will leave here today, and hopefully you would always remember this illustration, every time you need to open the door, every time you need to make a decision, every time you need to give in um, to other forms of, of, of control... Aside from that of the Holy Spirit, every time you need to um, express an emotion in a way and manner that you know God will not be proud of, I hope that you would remember what this is and it would cause you to take a step back and to rethink your decision-making process, to rethink the things that culture is throwing at you um, and and to rethink, you know... um, the expressions of your emotions. So just help me with the microphone so I can still speak. Uh, and Daniel, I'm so I'm sure you all know. I'm not going to try and introduce, but you, this is Rabina, just in case anybody's wondering. It's not a, it's not, uh, it does not have percentage. Amen? OK, Emmanuel says he wants to taste it to confirm. OK, so this, we're going to assume is you and I, amen? This is us saved. This is us redeemed. This is us um, transformed from the kingdom of darkness into light. And so we're pure. Yeah? Now this is everything the world represents. Everything the flesh represents. Before I do this, I want to tell a quick story. And it's found in the book of Genesis chapter 3. Is a conversation that Eve had with the serpent. Prior to that, in chapter 2, God would give an instruction to Adam and say to him, of all the trees in the garden here in Eden, go ahead and eat freely. But this one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you are not permitted to eat of it. For the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, we know that that death God references there isn't physical death. Yes, it is spiritual death again. But we see the conversation that ensues between the serpent and Eve, where the serpent would then say to Eve, um, did God say you should not eat of any fruit in the garden? Twisting God's words. And you and I, as God's children, as children of light, need to be aware of the devil's wiles, the wiles of the enemy. I was saying to some people a couple weeks back, That the battle is no longer, it has shifted way back from good and evil to good and God. The battle is no longer good and evil. So evil does not come with fangs, with horns. If you are looking for the devil that is coming with horns, you you have missed it. It is good and God. And that is a battle that is already won because you cannot war with God and expect to be okay. God already won the battle. But when I speak about good and God, I'm speaking to Mindsets. I'm speaking to behavior. I'm speaking to the prevalent systems of our world today, where everything appears good, where, um, you know, fornication is good. It's packaged as good. Masturbation is packaged as you are helping yourself. You are not hurting anyone. You are not hurting anyone. There are certain sins and vices that, we, you know, it's been sold to us that we're not hurting anyone. No one is hurt by it. It's just you. And you're not even hurting yourself. You're just helping yourself. God has placed all of these emotions in you. He has put all of these chemicals in you. You should be able to express it. Where it has moved. The conversation has moved from do not, do not to, uh, but David did it and he received mercy. But this pastor did it and the pastor is still being used mightily by God. Are you following me? Are you hearing me this morning in church? Conversation has moved. Everything appears all good. The God is merciful. I just need to come and say I'm sorry, and I'll be fine. So back to that same story. Set, uh, Eve will clarify to Satan that, oh, no, it's just this particular tree we're not supposed to eat of. And Satan says, oh, God doesn't want you to eat because he knows that the, when you eat of it, you will die. you become more like him. You will not die. Sorry, Eve says we will die. But Satan says, you will not die. You will become like God. Able to discern good from evil. Question that I want us to ponder on. Were they not already like God? Scripture says that they were made in his image and after his likeness. That means that man was already created to be like God. So man was at a higher level. Man had been created at a higher level. Man was primarily and dominantly spirit. But clothed in flesh. So man had no notion of good and evil but what satan sold to eve was a higher dimension he deceived her meanwhile what it is is a lower dimension that was why man fell just in case you've ever wondered about that story that so man did you know god was shielding man god didn't want man to come up to his level is why that's not it because I remember listening to that story so, for so long in Sunday school. I'm feeling like God was here, you know, and man was like all the way down. And God wanted, God did not want man to be like him. But God already made man like him. So devil sold man a lie to say you will become like him. The only thing that was going to be like him is that our awareness of God. And who, who awareness help? Now you know good and evil. How has it helped you? Has it prevented you from living, from, from practicing evil? You now know. But how has that helped you? So this is a conversation around being very deliberate about our choices. Okay? So this is us, like I said earlier. And this represents the different toxins that we've spoken about. Emotional toxins, hurt, pain, anger, rejection. You know, my, my, your, your, my parents did me dirty. I'm going to prove to them that... I can do right all by myself. Yeah? And so your 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 your, des- your desire to succeed in life is not necessarily driven by just the need to succeed, but either out of fear or out of revenge and so many other things. Illicit sex, gambling, you want to hammer, you want to blow, you want to be 30 under 30, you want to be all of those things and more, you know your your body uses a red car you said you are chasing around you want to drive a red car your somebody's everything we're doing is fashioned after everything the world is throwing at us and so this is it so i'm just going to put in a dash of lust see what begins to happen i don't know if been, yeah thank you just help me hold it up there you see what starts to happen put in some pride some anger some jealousy that starts to happen. That's what happens with us as we practice sin, as we allow the devil take over our minds. Hence why Romans twelve two would say, do not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I will speak to the renewal process shortly, but this is what happens. We become tainted. Jesus already shed his blood. He already paid the price for us. He already gave us access to God. But as we continue, you know, to engage the world and to embrace the practices of the world, this continues to happen. And we start to excuse it and we say, oh, it's okay. Everybody's doing it. You know, I hear people say things like, ah, maybe there won't even be anybody in heaven at this rate. It's okay, we're all going to enter hell together. At least we'll be dead together. Myself and my crew will be there. Why is that a desire? To go to hell with your crew. And we just continue, and we continue, and we continue, and there you have it. How do we course correct from here? And that's what this soul detoxification is about. This is what our soul looks like at the end of the day as we continue to immerse ourselves in the things of the world, as we continue to allow the, these toxins sit in us, the people who detoxify or detox periodically are very... Deaf. So, Scripture speaks about the washing of water by the Word. You need to get into the Word. So see what happens as I engage with the world, yeah, and my soul becomes corrupted, and I sit with the Word... Looking through the Word of God, feeding myself with the Word, allowing His Word transform me, okay, and we just go on and on and and we continue to wash with the Word. We continue to wash with the Word. Like I said, this rabbi, I don't plenty pass the water. But you get the point, guys. Yeah, we continue to wash with the Word, and we continue to allow the Word of God purify us. We allow his word to change. We need more buckets of water. This, this is a very dirty soul. But you get the point. At least it's beginning to change. Do you get the point? It's not as red as it used to be. If we had more water, we had the word, we would have a clean. Do you get the point? So sit with the word. Let the word of God transform you. Scripture says let the word of God dwell in you richly. Richly very important it's okay you can't say oh i thought emmanuel wanted um rabbina you can have some let the word of christ dwell in you richly transforming you we're going to pray now we're going to pray and just wrap this all up but we need to know that detoxification can be a very painful process for those who detox who cleanse here you know sometimes you're when you're taking these toxins out they they say to you oh you can't eat you can't eat cooked meals you should eat raw food be eating vegetables away at table. For those who understand, you're over here, and you're just cleansing and and just you know eating salads and drinking lean juices, greens. I don't like green juices, but it's good for the body. So it can be a painful process. Someone needs to detox as in you need to separate. There has to be a, a, a breaking, a breaking. Scripture says, let's read this in Second Corinthians 10. I don't want to forget it because that's, we're going to pray with that scripture. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments. So it, and he uses the present continuous turn, pulling, casting, Pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and have every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing, again, bring, you see, ING, present continuous, every thought into captivity. To think that I would come to church on a Sunday, I would listen to the word, I would go into the world, world on Monday, and the word that I heard for 45 minutes or for 40 minutes is all that will sustain me till the next Sunday that I show up and BWS will have a word from the Lord is a joke. How are we consistently feeding and nourishing our souls with the word? How are we looking into the perfect law of liberty and allowing it to do its work in us? So, casting down, pulling down, and bringing every thought into captivity. Your body is God's sanctuary and his dwelling place. Again, grace and truth. That is the truth. Your body is God's sanctuary. It is God's dwelling place. Whatever you have done with your body is in the past. But as you engage with God this month, there has to be a turnaround. There has to be a shift. Your body cannot be everybody's property, it belongs to God. Every part of you belongs to God. You are in a relationship, and all the guy wants is for you people to be kissing. French kissing. And what else can he do with his mouth? Can he not speak the word? Can he not pray? Can he not have conversations? Is it only kissing? There are things to be done. If you you need to you need to go back into that relationship. and you have these deep conversations. Very important. You want to keep yourself. You want to keep yourself for God. You want to. You don't want. It's not. It's a, we, we think these things are old. You know, they are, they are they are. I've seen people justify. And guys, I'm not even kidding you. I've seen people justify to me to say, well, Abraham had more than one wife. Well, Solomon had 700 wives and how many, 300 wives and how many concubines? 700 wives and 300 concubines. Well, but, and God gave him wisdom. God did not even just give him wisdom. God gave him re- Ah. Okay. We saw how Solomon's life played out, right? Back to that same scripture that we read earlier. It says there are vessels... They are utensils made of gold and silver. Some are of wood and clay. Expensive utensils are used for special location. This is the case for detoxification. This is the case. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Don't impede his plan. Don't halt it. Don't scatter it. Let him do his work in you. Because that is when you are fulfilled. That is when you leave the... That, that is when you're happy. We're seeking happiness in the wrong things. We're looking for things that will satisfy. We're looking for people that would make us happy. Toxins will sabotage your emergence. You will not fulfill God's purpose without detoxing. Samson, think about Saul, even Solomon. And God has not left us to detox ourselves. There are spiritual resources and graces that are available to enable us to flush out these toxins. Let us pray. Let us pray. I quoted from Romans 12.2. And that scripture always reminds me that we need a mind makeover. And it's a daily request. Paul would say, I die to my flesh daily. We need to die to this flesh daily. It's so important. We need to die to our flesh daily. You wonder why some people spend time, you know, fasting, studying the word, praying. It is not because they are trying to be, they're trying to feel like they are spiritual juggernauts. It is because there is so much contending with the flesh. And you need to be able to put this body under your flesh it cannot be about your feelings and your emotions it can't I feel like having sex so I'll go and have sex I feel like you know committing fraud I feel like I need more money so I'll commit fraud I feel like you cannot be feeling you have to be led by your spirit the spirit of God in you you have to be led by the spirit of God and we need to stop walking after the dictates of the flesh so go ahead and pray this morning That same 2 Corinthians 10 that I read. Pulling down strongholds. What are the strongholds? Or the the, the toxins that have constituted a stronghold in your life. Would you begin to pull them down this morning? The weapons that you have, they are not canal. But they are mighty in God. Pull down whatever stronghold exists in your mind. Pull down whatever stronghold, you know, has become a mindset. Where you have excused poor behavior you have excused bad behavior that you know that God isn't pleased about would you go ahead and begin to pull down this morning casting down arguments I want us to focus on this I reference some of the arguments people have used over time some of us seated in the room and even watching online have used these types of arguments too That well it's not hurting anyone well I mean God needs to understand that it's not easy to live in this world he understands absolutely Hence why he sent his son to live in the world as well, so that we have a model example of someone who did it and did it well. So can we go ahead and pray? What are the arguments, what are the mindsets that have become conformed to the world and its practices that you need to, be, you, you need to detox from? In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, cleanse my mind. Holy Spirit, do your work in me. Transform me. Would you make that declaration? Transform me. The song that the band sang this morning says, My will conform it to yours, Lord. My mind, I I, I need you to to transform it. My heart, I need you to mold it. Let it be like what you have, what you originally designed and intended. A lie was sold, deception was sold to Eve, and it landed humanity in, in, in deep trouble where she thought that she was way below where she thought that she was nothing like God and in her quest for it, the, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. And that is what drives us. That is what drives us in this in this earth today. And we lace it with beautiful times like, oh, I'm ambitious. I'm a go-getter. I stand for what I, you know, we say different things, but our consciences have become seared. I want you to just pray. You know what it is you're dealing with you know what it is that you need to be taken out of your soul that you need to be purged from that's it we need that purging to happen in the name of Jesus, would you go ahead and pray in the Holy Spirit for a few minutes? Go ahead. If you have a prayer language, just go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost. Let the Spirit of God begin to reveal to you the toxins that exist in the different areas that we have addressed. And that your toxic behavior. You will no longer be held bound by the, these strongholds. You will no longer be controlled and led by these arguments. In the name of Jesus, you are casting them down. You are casting every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of our God. Every high thing in your life that exalts itself above the knowledge of our God, whether it's in business, whether it's in your your, your life, whether it's it's relationally, in whatever area, in your emotions, every high thing that exalts itself, you are casting it down. In the name of Jesus, you are bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Go ahead and declare over your life. Declare over your soul that your soul conforms to the will of God. You are led by the Spirit of God. You do not walk after the dictates of the flesh. Would you declare over yourself that you are a person given to praying. You are a person given to fasting. In the name of Jesus, you are a person giving to the spending time with God, spending time in His presence. I, Olu Abusola, I fast, I pray, I study the Word of God in the name of Jesus. Uh, you are studying that perfect law of liberty, or your eyes are open to behold who God is, and you become more like Him, that the more of Him that I know, the more like Him I become. In the name of Jesus, if you are that person who's currently having, you have an apathy, a spiritual apathy to the presence of God, to the things of God. Would you ask this morning for deliverance and say, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to enjoy God's presence. Help me to tarry in God's presence. Help me to wait on God. Help me to keep my eyes focused on Him because He is all that matters. Oh, we spread this in, at, at the mini vigil on Friday and I want to give someone an opportunity to be able to pray that same prayer and to make the same request that you are becoming more like God. You are being transformed into His image oh in the name of Jesus you have been transformed in your own will, it wasn't out of your own will, you got introduced as a child a really young child, today I pray for you, that the hold of pornography is broken, in the name of Jesus, that stronghold is broken we pull it down anyone in the room here, anyone watching online that negative experiences have shaped your mindset, they have shaped how you approach God, they have shaped how you engage with the world in the name of Jesus we declare that you are delivered completely you are set free, in Jesus name we have prayed, amen and amen I want to give somebody an opportunity in the room, you or or watching online you don't know Jesus or maybe you used to know him and you have strayed from him can I invite you again to embrace his love he loves you He wants to purify you. He wants to purge you. He has already given you the gift of righteousness. You only need to receive his salvation. You need to embrace his love. So if you are that person, can I ask with all eyes closed and heads bowed that you lift your hand so that our ushers can see you, put a card in you. We want to be able to support you with resources. And I will lead you in a prayer. If you're online as well, please go ahead and indicate in the comment section that you are giving your heart to Jesus. Dear Father, I thank you for the gift of Jesus. I thank you for your love. I confess my sins and with my mouth I declare that Jesus is Lord over my life. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your mercy. And I ask that you come dwell with me, Holy Spirit. Help me live for God. Make my life whole make my life new, in Jesus name, Amen. Father, we thank you for everyone who said this prayer. We commit them into your hands, Lord, that you will continue to build them, you will continue to lead them. Father, sustain them by your mighty hand, in the name of Jesus, grant them the grace to continue to stand for you, to continue to, in, to, continue to remain in your presence. In Jesus name we have prayed, amen and amen go ahead and celebrate jesus hallelujah so here's your assignment for this week please read that scripture that we read out of second timothy yeah do you have it written down okay we'll continue from there next week so second timothy um what was it again two yeah verses 19 to 22. Read really it in different translations. Okay? Now, if you are addicted to anything, any vice, gambling, betting, sex, whatever it is, okay, please see myself or any of the pastors. You can see Demi Lade. You can see any of the pastors on, seated on this side of the room. Okay? Um, let's provide counseling opportunities for you you need to seek professional help as well, Um, it's important that you do that. But let's be deliberate about taking steps. Um, The things that the Holy Spirit has revealed to you that has opened your mind to see areas where you need to, that need to be addressed, whether it's pride, whether it's arrogance, whether it's jealousy, envies, those things that we look at and we call them small sins. They are called besetting sins that you can get rid of. Okay? And I pray for grace for each and every person that you will Continually abide in God's presence as you go through your week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.